devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Devil in the Detail, Salford Red Devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Paxson. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, all right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you're right, mate. Good week. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Looking forward to the, the match on Friday, mate, after after Leeds. I was a bit disappointed at Leeds, to say the least, but, you know, onwards and upwards, mate. Yeah, back after his long holiday, we've got Dan Robinson, right, Dan? Good evening, gents. Are we OK? Yeah, good to be back on the show. Certainly is. Good to do. Been doing a lot of the off uh, off the air things uh, for Devil in the Detail, but glad to be back uh, speaking to you, boys. Cool, cool. So what have we got on the show, Paul? We've got the news, we've got a review of the Leeds match last Friday, we've got all the amateur news and reports, and we've also got a review of the Huddersfield game this Friday. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll start with the news. Devil News. Start with the sad news, uh, Roland Costello passed away uh, yesterday uh, after, after injury in the academy game uh, against Salford Red Devils Academy. Uh, the Huddersfield player passed away, Paul, it's a, it's a tragic accident by all accounts. Oh, it certainly is, yeah. I mean, my condolences go to, to his family and everybody concerned with Huddersfield Giants and everybody in rugby league, I think, really really felt... I mean, when I heard the news the other day, I knew, I knew he was poorly in an hospital and then uh, I think my wife said it had been on, on Twitter and you sort of, your heart sank, really, didn't it? You know, and when you when you heard the news, it's awful, that, you know, for a, for a young lad like that and you know, his family that is left behind. So my condolences go to, to everybody involved in that. Yeah, seventeen-year-old, and it's it's no age. Uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable uh, that he's, he's gone. No, yeah, and you know, again, reiterate uh, what Paul said. You know, condolences to to all the family and, and everybody concerned with the Huddersfield club. You know, everyone that comes down to the ground on on Friday night from Huddersfield. You know, they, they're going to get a good reception from you know the Salford fans. Um, you know, yeah, it's such a a tragic loss at a young age. You know, playing a playing a sport. You know, when you look at it like that, you know. The, the, the kid was just setting off on his rugby career and, you know, a drastic injury during a game, you know, has, has ended his life. So, yeah, sad moment for everybody at Rugby League. But as, you know, everybody in, involved with Rugby League does, we'll, we'll all pull together to support. Yeah, and our thoughts and our thoughts with his family and friends and his teammates at this time. Other news, uh, we'll start with the um, crowd trouble. We've been charged by the RFL. Um, obviously, the trouble we had in uh, against Huddersfield on March the 28th, Paul, the RFL have just decided to, to charge us uh, recently. I think it's a bit of a long time, isn't it, between it, what happened and, and now? It's strange, isn't it? I mean, I heard people commenting this week saying, oh, you know, it's due because they've had to gather evidence and all that, but I don't think you need to gather any evidence, really, do you? I mean, all you've got to do is look at the CCTV and you can you can see it there, but it's a strange one because we've not had any sort of crowd trouble since then, and I don't think I've seen any of those people any of the matches I've been to, you know, since then. So, uh, no, I don't I don't really understand what they're going to do. I mean, I've heard people saying they're going to take points off us, but I can't see that. I mean, I think, fine, and that'll be the end of it. So, uh, I think it's a bit of a storm in a teacup from where I'm concerned, mate. Hey, Dan, do you think we've got possibility of, of more points being deducted, do you reckon? I'll tell you exactly what will happen now, boys. Well, because the independent tribunal will give us our six points back, mm-hmm. and everybody will go great, and then the RFL will take six points off us for the crowd trouble. Is that, is, that, is that what you're saying? That is exactly what's going to happen because they've lined this up perfectly because they've done it with the you know it, the tribunal service that are looking at the you know the point deduction that we've got you know it's an independent one and you know Marlon seems quite confident as his representative do of getting the points back so the RFL have thought well we can get them on this and yeah you know like Paul said it was it was fans that I've never seen before at a game. Uh, you know, and a lot of people have said, you know, from the because we took quite a good following that day, um, and it was just a small minority of non-Salford fans that have caused the trouble. And um, you know, it's a bit like what's going on in the Euros at the minute. You know, you've got, you know, fans kicking off left, right, and centre in the football. You know, you don't know who who they belong to. You know, some wearing England shirts and they've been Russian. You know, so it's it's one of those. You know, you don't condole it in in the sport. Unfortunately, we're tarnished with that brush now because it was in the Salford end. So, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. But that, that's my view on it, boys. I don't know about yours. Well, I, I've got a sort of a conspiracy theory about it, Dan, that basically it was a bit of trouble, weren't there, for what, against Warrington and, and Null uh, at the weekend? Yeah, there was. There was CCTV footage and video footage put on on uh, all the social media sites, one of them fighting between each other yeah. outside the ground. Which, so. is, which, which is terrible. 
yeah. to start with. But then obviously, obviously that 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 point, the RFL thought, right? Well, you know, we're gonna have to have a word with uh, Warrington and 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 Hull. But but that's the thing, Rob. That's all it'll be. They'll have a word with him. They'll get you know a smack wrist because the two of the clubs at the top of the league will get a smack wrist. They'll get told not to do it again and. And we'll go. All right, you know. Let let's uh, put all their punishment on Salford as well. Yeah. Well, I, I think he probably just thought, did we have a charge Salford for that 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 crowd trouble they had against Huddersfield? And and they all both probably all looked at each other and he read on and went, "Something we did, you know." No. And I think that there's, there's a slight difference though, Rob, with the other Warrington one. It was outside the ground, wasn't it? Mm. The Salford one was actually inside the stadium. So I mean, I don't know whether. Warrington and Hull can be responsible for their supporters outside the ground, really, can they? I mean, you can do what you want outside the stadium. I think if it's inside the ground, though, it's a different it's a different circumstances, really. But I know what what you mean. But going back to what Dan said, I don't see how the how they can take points off you. It's nothing to do with the with the game. It's nothing to do with the salary cap. That they, I don't see how they can. Take, I think it'd be very unfair. And I think you know, Mao and Kukash would kick off if they took points off of that because I think it'd be ridiculous yeah. like, I, know, I, know, I, I totally understand what you're saying there Paul but for me I mean Marwan's come out and said he's, I can categorically say that the, the points we've had taken off was, were not for salary cap breaches it was for something else so you know they, they've took points off us for apparently something that's not salary cap related as Marwan has come out and you know with a big hoo-ha at the stadium when he invited all the press to come and have a chat and he said it wasn't for salary cap breaches so, I think it's going to be one of those, and we're just going to have to wait. What, is it, what, what is it for? Then I thought it was something to do with the, you know, this um, when we signed Kevin Locke. I thought that's what the the rumor was, and we, yeah, the, but he, the, he, he said he said about it, didn't he? he said that the RFL um, didn't register or deregister Jake Mullaney in time, but they informed the club that that we we had. So that's when Kevin Locke was able to play for the Huddersfield. So it was something like a a nine day period where we had two players registered when we should have had one. But so like that, is, that is salary cap issues, though, really, isn't it, when, when you, when it, you look it at is, it? It is, but it's not it's not on the club's point because the club's, you know, Marwan showing all the press evidence of the, you know, the, the messages to and forth that said that, you know, he was OK and, and legal to play. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I think he took it further. But, yeah, just have to wait and see on the, the crowd trouble, won't we? We'll get some, we'll, no matter what it is, we'll either get a fine or we'll get points. We'll, we'll always get something. A lot of people down have, have got, I think the RFL have got it in uh, for us. Obviously, you, your comments so far on this podcast, would, have, would it be easy to say that you're in that camp? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing about it is a lot of other supporters from other clubs on social media sites have actually said the same. You know, it seems to be, you know, Salford that, that get punished quite a lot. Uh, that's my theory against it. I think, you know, a lot of people have, have got it in for us no matter what. And it brings me back to the, the Challenge Cup uh, Semi-final at, at you know Headley with Sheffield Eagles when we had the event of the uh, the gentleman come running on you know hitting uh, Stuart Cummings I think from that day onwards we've been tarnished with a brush of you know sulphur of troublemakers. What was that? That was nearly eighteen years ago, Dan. Surely that, that's you can't be holding a good show that long. But it's something that sticks in people's memories, doesn't it? As I've just mentioned it, and a lot of people mentioned it when when the incidents happened. Or it's you know it's the same when they did it here when they did it there. Yeah, you know, I think Marwan's under the impression that the RFL and, you know, have, have all got it in for us. But, you know, as have other clubs as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. I've, I've, I've never really been a big fan of the RFL. I think they're all, um, you know, involved in, in you know, the, the so-called, in brackets, bigger clubs. You know, they tend to put more interest in those. So, yeah, that's my opinion. That's Marwan's opinion. And I think it's most Salford supporters' opinion, boys. Yeah, I, I say I, I suppose we have, we have been sort of done a lot of times um, through a lot of things. To be fair, over the last over the few last few years, but we have put ourselves in that position, Paul, uh, to to get done. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> I think if you if you do things right, you're not gonna gonna end up in that situation. It's about taking yourself out of that situation. That we can say all we want about the RFO, but we have done some stupid things, haven't we? And that, and I think you've you've got to learn from them. So. You know, just going back to other clubs, though, other clubs have done things. I don't think it's just been us. I mean, I remember um, Hull at Huddersfield invading the pitch and tearing the post down. I think that was about 2001. That was after our 1998 debacle. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a load of bother between Widnes and Castleford a couple of years ago in the semi-final at Warrington. Um, So there's there's been lots of stuff, haven't there? I know Lee have been involved in trouble. There was trouble when Featherstone played. 
was it Halifax or someone like that? I think in like a grand final or something anyway that, that happened. Yeah, so it was this fire. There was a fire in one of the ends, weren't they, at that game? Yeah, there's been all sorts of bits and bobs, haven't there? But I don't know. There can be conspiracy theories, and you, I mean it's the same in football, isn't it? Football, lower football teams will, will say. United and City get all the decisions. I think it's just that's just the way it is, isn't it? The bigger teams are probably always because the referees are under more pressure, aren't they? When you go to a big ground, it's like when we went to Edinburgh on Friday night. The referees always seem to be sort of influenced. Whereas on Friday night, I didn't think he did. He was quite fair actually. But that that happens. It's the nature of the sport, I suppose, isn't it? But I'm not really one for getting too carried away with conspiracy. I'd just like us to start, you know, performing on the pitch and letting that sort itself out. Because it's been from where I'm sat this this season again. I mean, you're reading stuff in the paper and it's rugby league at the moment seems to be like one big soap opera. I mean, you're going to Bateman, Wigan's been banned tonight, and if it's eight games, I mean, let's get back to the rugby league. That's what everybody wants to see. You know, we don't want to hear about crowd trouble and, and this, that and the other. And that's one of my bugbearers at the moment. It's kind of put the, the, sort of the shame on the, in, in the game, Dan, uh, that obviously these incidents occur. Uh, but hopefully, like I say, we'll have turned a corner now. And, you know, I think the people have been banned, uh, Marwan says, so it's a, a fresh start. Uh, for everyone, yeah, you know, like I said, you just got to move on from it and and see, you know, what happens with the uh, the new um, inquest at the club at the minute. Yeah, next bit of news we've got, uh, we've got old uh, ex coach Yestin Harris uh, saying that since our move to Barton, we've lost our our, our identity. Uh, Dan, um, what what do you make of that? Do you think he has a point? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because you know a lot of supporters have said that you know it's not the same as the Willows, but you know it's, it's not going to be. It was a new stadium, um, you know it's something that we needed to do. And I'll uh, I'll actually remember a, a time when uh, Yesin Harris was uh, involved with the uh, Crusaders and uh, was at the Willows and was uh, about to walk into a press conference and was quite happy to to tell a lot of the fans at the time that he wanted to be out of that dump, um, which was the Willows at the time. So you know we, we moved out and he's still not happy. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose with the you know the uh, the new stadium, Paul. You know, we, we look back at the Willows, and we, you know, we we love what it used to be. But as a club, we've got to move forward, haven't we? We've got to look at you know the next hundred years, um, and and this is where we are now. Yeah, of course we haven't. I mean, I miss the Willows all the time. You see old pictures on Facebook and things like that, and it makes you really sad. I mean, the amount of hours and days I spent there, you know, with my dad and that growing up, and you do. We you could have had a life it. sentence, couldn't we, Paul? Yeah, but you, you you do miss it, mate, don't you? I mean, I always remember, like, you know, sort of just when the week started coming ahead towards the new season, you get that excited, you know, waiting for it. used to be like September time when the season kicked off, you know, and before the Super League and that, and you used to get that excited, you know, waiting for it. And, you know, especially night games down there at the Willows used to be brilliant. But just going on to new stadiums and that, I think you've got to look at the other teams that have moved. I mean, Wigan don't play at Central Park anymore. St. Helens don't play at Nose the Road. You know, Lee have moved from Hilton Park. Well, FC have moved from the Boulevard, Warrington's moved from Wilderspool. They've all moved, haven't they, from those grounds? And they've all had a bit of success, haven't they? And I mean, you just think if we were top of the table now and still in the Challenge Cup, the AJ Bell would be the best thing since sliced bread. It's because I think we it's been quite negative since we've moved there. There's been, you know, like the crowd trouble, like the salary cap. There's been a lot of negative stories, haven't there? And I think sometimes that keeps supporters away. The crowds are down. If you are winning matches and you get that bit of a bandwagon and that feel-good factor around your club, I think then it does become a home, doesn't it? And well, yeah, they do because it's shown last season against Wigan. I mean, you know, we, we we won that to go third in the league, and and that day, you know, like I said, we had you know the the legends of '96 there, but that day, the you know there was a fair good crowd there, and it felt like home that day. It felt it felt yeah felt like we we're at home. I mean, I I don't like the idea, and I know people are saying the crowds are low. But I really don't like the idea of that um, stand facing the main stand is closed and it just looks empty. You know, mm. e- even if they, they offer you know half price tickets or something just to get people in that end, you know, it, it, all right, it's not good for the club to lose out on revenue, but it's it makes the ground look you know busier. And I remember at the um, the Wakefield game, a gentleman saying, you know, um, you know, why why do they keep shutting that side? You know, it must be bad for a player. You know, you look at the likes of Justin Carney on the wing. That's that's, you know, running there with with no one. You know, it's there's no. It's a nice, nice, quiet, nice, quiet evening. No, no hassle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's playing. Well, players like the atmosphere, don't yeah, they? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, for me, I, I think there's you know there's a few issues that need to be raised. Well, I, I I see where you're coming from, Dan. But let's just say, for example, that the club have to pay a certain amount of money for the stadium people to open a certain stand. And if they know they've got to, if they open all four stands, which is what they'll do, and we end up losing money, 
because of it. Is is that is that a good idea? Well, yeah, but to be, but you know, look, looking at it now, Rob, we're already losing money, aren't we? Because we're not getting bums on seats. So regardless of what we're paying, even if you get people to pay, you know, half a price of what a ticket is, there's still half a price. There's still a, a bit more money coming into the club that way. Mm. I, I see where you're coming from, Dan. But I, I'm just thinking the club have to think about, you know, their their the, the end of the day, they, they've got to think about what's in the tank. And if obviously they look at the bank balance and they think, well, you know, we're going to lose money if we open that stand. Uh, then I don't think that they're going to do it, whether we like it or not. Yeah, but I mean, even if they did something when they, you know, they did it at the Willows, when they offered, you know, um, tickets to to school children for free, you know, they had to an adult uh, and a company of children, but they, you know, they they both get free tickets. But you know, you come to a game. I remember me coming to a game uh, with my dad when I was young, before I got involved in the club uh, professionally. That they said, you know, you, you go there and it's not just the, the ticket. You know, you wanted something to eat, you wanted a drink, you went in the you know the club shop, you bought a ball or you bought a scarf, and you know that's that's a way of the club making money. You know, give a free ticket, they're gonna want feeding, they're gonna want drink while they're there. You know, if the kids are, are driving the adults mad, the adults might want a beer. You know, it's it's one of those things, and it's a knock-on effect. I I personally think the only difference between the Willows and the AJ Bell is that Willows had history. It had successful history where we won championships. We had, you know, sad history where we get relegated and, and get beat badly. And we had, you know, kind of scenarios that we'd watched Salford play over the years, year after year after year. And, you know, you, that's how you make memories. And, and I think the Willows kind of oozed that. And then you move to the AJ Bell, like Paul said, and we haven't really set the world on fire. We've not won any any trophies since we were there. We've only we've not really competed anywhere near the top during that period of time. So you know you've got to have the mix of you know the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows to build character in, into a into a stadium, Paul. And I think at the moment we you know we're waiting for that one big season or one big cup run which galvanises us all. Yeah, to be honest, I don't want to sound harsh now, and forgive me if I do, but. We still not made this top eight. We didn't make it last season, and you know we're probably not going to make it this season. I mean, some some of that's out of our control, and you know perhaps with a six point deduction, I don't know. We could even get these six points back and not make it again. But you know, there's going to become a time where the players have got to stand up, and you know we've got to aim for that sort of top eight, top six. You know, you've got to, that's what's going to attract people to come to the ground. I mean, I'd, I'd go and watch us at two in the morning if we played an home game on Dartmoor or something. I'm not bothered, but. Some people won't, will they'll only come if there's like a real attraction there of, of winning games. And, you know, like this season as well, we've let ourselves down. We let ourselves down on Friday night at Leeds. You know, we went there, had an opportunity to win and we blew it. The Castleford Cup game, we went there, we blew it. So sometimes we don't do ourselves any favours, do we? But going back to the kids thing and that, I think, you know, kids for a quid's a good idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I, when I went to Junior Reds and that, when I was a kid, when I first started coming late 80s, you know, it was, it was dirt cheap, wasn't it? But I think... You get people in them when they're young, you you become addicted to it. Then you get them for life, don't you? Then they yeah, start you do, coming back. You, I, you I need to get them I mean, young. I remember the old junior reds. You know the, the junior red devils at the club. You know you'd all go. You'd have your little you know thing Christmas with all the kids. You yeah. have your Christmas parties. You get your players coming signing your shirts. Yeah. You get you know your ticket, and not just that. I mean, for me and my dad, you know, me, I mean, my entire family's worked at the club for you know for God, getting on fifty, sixty years now. We're my granddad timekeeper and everything, and. It was a family day, you know. We all enjoyed it, you know. My dad took me, my dad, my granddad took me dad, who got hooked. My dad then took me, who got hooked. I mean, I, I even take my four-year-old daughter sometimes, and and she's hooked on it. She loves rugby, you know. She puts a shirt on and so on and so forth. And it's it's that thing that we need to get back at the club. I think I don't I don't think the club do enough to to push, you know, the, the next generation of kids to come and watch Salford rugby because, you know, you're looking around, you know, the Manchester area, we're the only club. You know, Sail Sharks have moved there, but that's, you know, Rugby Union. So, you know, it's we need to be pushing these, you know, these kind of people, these local schools in the area to say, look, bring your parents. You know, it's a good good day out or it's a good evening out. You know, and like the club have done with this the devil ticket that, they, you know, they're offering £10, 10 pound, uh, drinks voucher or food voucher. You know, things like that will get bums on seats. I, I agree with you there, Dan, but... I think the club actually do a lot. They go into the schools, they go into the communities. I follow the the, uh, the Twitter feed, and they're always in different schools and, and different amateur clubs, and they are out there, Dan. You know, trying to put, you know, trying to push our name and trying to get people involved. For me, what it is, I think it's all about getting them and keeping them 
Because you give someone a, a quid for a ticket, quid free for a ticket or whatever it would be, right? You need something to, to make them come back again. Otherwise, they'll just keep taking that quid ticket and then, you know, not want something back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand you what you're saying. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah. well, but I, well, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I work at a school uh, in East Manchester and, you know, I've, I've been sort of messaging the club about, you know, getting somebody in to come and talk to them. I'm, I'm coaching the rugby at the school at the moment because all they do is rugby union. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get rugby league involved into the school and the kids are loving it. So I'm trying to be in contact with the club, you know, say, look, can we have, you know, some tickets to come down? And, you know, as of yet, had a reply. Well, and, you know, it was a fair few well, months if, ago. Say if you, if you give that, say they give you a load of tickets, Dad, right? You give it to your kids, right? They enjoy the game. How, how, do, how do the club keep, say, right, let's go again. Who's, who's, in, who's up for this? And then they'll say, yeah, I'll go. And you'll say, right, this time it'll cost you a tenner. And how many people then think, all right, I'll go. Or, oh, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? For me, if you're, if you're going to give these free tickets away to the kids, you need something to, to, to snarl them, not to, not to you know, disappear into the, into the, you know, the horizon, Paul. You know, am I wrong there in thinking that? No, you're right. But the, the big thing is success, Rob. You, you need success. The club is crying out to get to Wembley or something like that. We've been saying it. we've not won anything for 40 years. We've not got near, really near anything, have we? But, you know, it, it's like my dad was saying last week, it's small steps, and I think he was right with that. If we could just get into the top eight, consolidate in the middle of the table. At the moment, I think we, we're treading water, really, aren't we? We're struggling. We, we struggled last season. I mean, even with the six points on this season, we're still hovering, aren't we, round, round eighth place. It just needs us to, to just do that kick on. And I think if we can, that's what's going to attract people to come, because they'll see that, you know, you're progressing. At the moment, the average Johnny on the street probably thinks, oh, it's all, but they're always down like in the bottom, aren't they? Mm. And, you know, he's winning those matches at home, those those big games. A few times this season, we have let ourselves down with the Warrington game. Oh, we blew the game, didn't we? Mm. So, I think success and that, we'll bring supporters and that, but it's just, we like next season, we need to start afresh and we don't want any controversy whatsoever. We don't want any points deductions, none of this crowd trouble, none, none of these like, players going and strike and things like like we had last season. You just need like a really sort of steady season, don't you? I think that's what we're crying out for. Yeah, hopefully next season. I'm saying that, this season's not, not finished, is it, Dan? You know what I mean? We, I know we're a bit behind, but if Marwan's, uh, you know, thrusters, you know, get get their way, we get a few more points, you know, it could be a late cavalry charge to the, uh, the top eight. Well, yeah, and, you know, I think for, for Friday, especially Friday's game, we'll decide that, you know, we win Friday, you know, we're, we're, well, we're well in the hunt for, you know, um, a top eight finish. If we lose, then you know we we are in the the middle eights. But not just that. I think if we win on Friday and still don't make you know the the top eight, that win on Friday will probably look at securing that that ninth spot, which we need because mm. you get more home games. So you know it's a vital game either way. You know we need to win to to keep our hopes up for the top eight, but not just that to try and secure that ninth spot if we don't make the top eight. Yeah, I agree with that. Winning is important and obviously if we win on Friday against Huddersfield, you know, it will cement our, you know, our ninth spot hopefully and then we can look at, you know, competing in that in that uh, middle eights. Uh, I know it's an advantage finish and I think you get, is it more home games, Paul? Yeah, you get the four four home games and the three away games, don't you? Because I know Widness play tomorrow night, don't they, against Wigan? Yeah. And if Widness were to beat Wigan, that's, again, you know, something we could do with, with Wigan getting a result, really, couldn't we? Because at the moment, we, we're still within touching distance of witness. I mean, I know they won, I think they won last weekend. They beat Castleford last week, didn't they, on the Thursday night game. So yeah. that edged them two points in front of us. But, you know, it, it's still, you just got to keep winning. We've got two home games now, Huddersfield and Castleford. And, you know, the, Castleford is only just above us as well in, in sort of the top eight. So if we can get these two wins in these next two games, that sets us up then for, for that last bit of the season. So, uh, and with it being a week off next week for the Cup as well, it, it's, it's vital, really. I think we we turn that couple of defeats we've had round on Friday night against Huddersfield. Yeah, obviously, just looking off the pitch as well, uh, we've offered Tommy Lee a new contract. We're waiting on him uh, to let us know what he what he thinks. Uh, Dan, important, you know, he's our captain. He's he's you know brilliant round the rook. Um, hopefully, he'll sign a contract. Yeah, you know, he's he's not sort of done uh, you know anything that's that's suggested otherwise. You know, with the club, he's. You know he's done quite well. He he seems to be quite settled at the club, whereas you know other clubs he's had a, a year or whatnot and then, and then moved on to something else. And you know having you know spoke to a few of the players and you know so on, they, they seem to 
to like it at the club and he's been given the responsibility of the captain. Um, I do think the um, hooker position is an area we do need to look at uh, for next season. Um, I know we've, you know a few things have been suggested with a few players coming in, so you know maybe Tommy Lee is sort of you know having a look and say, well, if I sign this contract, will I be, you know, a first choice player? Um, deciding on what happens next year, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, still only 28, Paul. You know he's got plenty of miles in the tank. Uh, our captain as well. You know, I think it's kind of a statement, really, if, if we do manage to, you know, to re-sign him, uh, you know, we're going forward. I think they miss him. I think we really miss him. He's, he's a leader, Tommy Lee. Um, and we've missed him this season, and we missed him for long periods of last season as well. He's not played a lot of games in these last two seasons. Um, I've heard rumours, you know, he might be retiring and all that. But I, I hope he does He does um, have a rethink and stay, because it's uh, he's, whether he can keep him fit. I mean... He's not going to be much use if he's uh, if he's out injured at all again next season. It just depends how he's. Uh, it's been his knees had trouble with, I think, can it? So, uh, you know, he's only yeah, like you say, he's only 28. So, hopefully, he'll uh, he'll stay on next season and get a good pre-season behind him and be ready to go next season. Yeah, looking at the uh, the rugby league rumor news, uh, we're in for uh, Jack Reed, uh, Dan. You know, uh, plays for Brisbane Broncos, um, England international. Um, you know, would be a, a good signing for us. Yeah, he will be a good signing, but you know, as we spoke about before, um, off air, you know, we've got to look at the reason why a club like Brisbane are looking at getting rid of him. You know, he's been there for a fair few years, you know, and we've, we've, he's got the shoulder injury problem that he has. You know, it's is it going to be one of those signings that you know we sign? Yeah, you know, England international won't count on the salary cap. You know, a good player, a couple of games into the season, gets an injury. A bit like sort of you look at football, you look at Vincent Company at City, mm. you know, gets an injury and then he's out and it's like, well, we're back to square one. Yeah, I suppose there's that way of looking at it, Dan. Uh, Paul, you know, you've got to look at, you know, the situation. You know, he's, he's still only young, 27. Uh, he scored, well, they've only scored 49 tries for Brisbane. Uh, you know, he looks like, he, you know, he knows the way to the line. Uh, you know, especially with Josh Griffin uh, leaving, you know, he would fill the hole. Yeah, he seems a quality player when I've seen him play, but it's, it's the amount of injuries that he's had, and he's had a lot of injuries on that shoulder. And to me, we should be looking at signing durable blokes, blokes that you're going to get the, the most out of. And if he's going to be mostly on the sidelines, he's maybe not for us. But that all depends what Tim Sheens and Ian Watson say. They're, I mean, they're going to have better knowledge and of this situation than what we've got. They'll be watching him and speaking to Brisbane, won't they? So I just hope they make the right decision because uh, you know, it could be one of them that goes a bit pear-shaped. But if we do sign him and he does well, I mean, that'd be great. But I think it's one of them where we need to be a bit wary because we have signed blokes in the past, you know, on big contracts and they've not really pulled it up. They've had injuries when we've signed them and things like that. So uh, we need to be wary on that one, I think. So we'll have to see how that, how that plays out. Uh, other news, um, on Friday, uh, there's a chicken curry and a curry and a pint in the VIP bar. Uh, Paul, how, do you like a good curry? Very nice. Yeah, that sounds all right to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't don't mind. I make a nice one myself actually, yeah. but uh, your, that sounds your, good. What's your What's your favourite? Um, I like a masala, tikka, tikka masala, a Ben Murdoch masala, as we ben call ben it in Salford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the chicken curry is is five fifty. Uh, for curry and a pint, it's eight fifty. Dan, it's you know it's it's good value uh, for for a decent curry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not a big curry fan, Dan? Uh, I am, yeah, but you know, I, I don't think you can beat a burger at a, a, a game or, or a pie. Uh, or, yeah, or a pie if you if you're wigging yeah. uh, You know, a few people would prefer a, a liquid beverage. Mm. I say, you can get that in the VIP bar if you're part of the VIP crew. You can get yourself a curry. Uh, other news: um, Red Salford have, have uh, announced they're going to have a Salford Red Devils TV. On YouTube, we've got two interviews. They've got one from Michael Dobson and one from Robert Louis Paul. You know, it's good the club have uh, you know got got the Salford Devils TV up and running. Yeah, I saw that today on Facebook. The two interviews that they've done, you know, on the Facebook site. And yeah, it's when it popped up, I thought, oh, what's this? And I had to click on it, and I noticed it had quite a few views and that. And yeah, it's brilliant to to actually see because when sometimes when you watch a Super League show and bits of Bob's on Sky, you don't they don't always interview our players, do they? And things like that. So it's nice to listen to them and hear what they had to say. So uh, so yeah, I enjoyed that today. What would you want on the Red Devils TV, Dan? Um, it's one of those things. Into you know any, any information from the club, you know regular updates. Uh, from the club, uh, you know, uh, injuries, interviews with players, interviews with coaching staff about, you know, the game, even things such as, you know, what the, the players and, and the coaching staff thoughts were on the week previous, if we won or, or we lost, 
you know, just to sort of be uh, engaged with the fans is, is anything, you know, it's better than nothing, isn't it? Yeah, well, our, our YouTube channel's going great guns. People are, you know, tuning in, watching our match previews and match reviews, uh, Paul. Uh, you know, it's good that, you know, obviously, you know, fans get excited about that kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's really good, yeah. I mean, uh, anything like that, you know, that's spreading the word of Salford, that's what we're all trying to do, aren't we? And, uh, you know, spread what the game and the, the club that we love. So if we can bring it to people and they enjoy it, that's 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 brilliant. But uh, just another thing on that Salford TV, it'd be good to have like a behind the scenes, I suppose, as well, wouldn't it? To just see what happens every, every day at the club and in training and things like that. I think people would be really interested in things like that. That I think also. Like, I, I like that's the whole game. You know, later on in the week for people to to watch. I think it's you know other teams have have uh, you know whatever TV and you know they have all kinds of things on. I think it's good the club have have had a wander down that road and hopefully we'll we'll see what what comes out the other end. Get some get some of the under 19s on there as well because they play Thursday nights. So that'd be great to get some highlights of that. And I mean, I struggle getting down on Thursdays because I'm working. I'm going to try and get down the next couple of weeks because uh, they've been playing some good games. But if you can get them on there as well, that gives them uh, some some coverage as well. Yeah, and then obviously oh. the Salford Devil Foundation, they're always doing events, aren't they? You know, they could do you know, a little programme about that. You know, things like that, Dan. You know, it, it highlights the great stuff they do and, you know, promotes the club as well. It does, and, you know, any, any good things to promote the club, uh, you know, are, are beneficial. So, yeah, just have to see what, what happens. A bit of news we've got. Uh, RLInternetRadio.com is going great guns, uh, and they're looking uh, for sponsors uh, you know, to advertise your, in the, uh, between shows, Paul. You know, it's a great little, ra- great radio show station. It's got podcasts from all over the world, ours included, and it's a really good thing. You know, in rugby league, that you know that kind of thing's available. Yeah, and it's good that you know sponsors and people are wanting to get involved because it's obviously they they see that you know people are interested in it. Lots of people are listening to it, and uh, you know every, everybody's winning there, aren't they? I suppose so. Yeah, it's good, and there's the podcasts I've heard. They're, they're really good and really interesting. Yeah, from all over the world, we're one of them. Every Monday they have a battle of the podcast where England, us, the Super League pod and uh, League Culture uh, take on the best of the Australians. Uh, and uh, last week we won. We had something like 2,600 listeners uh, in, a, in sort of a two, uh, 24-hour period and the Aussies only got like 2,100, uh, which was a great result for us, Paul. That's uh, good we, to beat him at something, isn't it? I was thinking that myself. You know, give us one thing to cheer about. Uh, but if you're interested in, in you know promoting your business, if you've got a business, uh, you can contact them on rlinternetradio at gmail.com or you can ring them on 078 uh, So obviously, you know, if you are a business and you want you know, your business advertised uh, during uh, the, uh, the different shows, uh, you know, give uh, Chris a ring on that number and, or email him and, and see if you can sort yourselves out. Uh, also got a bit of news from the chairman Bob, haven't we, Paul? Yeah, we have um, Caddy's and Rhinos under-15s take on Wigan St. Cuthbert's in the NWC Development Shield at Rochdale Mayfield's ground. It's this Sunday, it's half 12 kickoff. And uh, Bob's also asked me to give a special mention to Jason Reid, the coach, who is recovering from a serious knee injury at the moment. So we wish him all the best recovering from that. And we wish Caddy's Ed all the best on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, final bit of news. Uh, have you got your Daredevil ticket yet? £49 uh, for two adults, two juniors, free parking, free programme and tenors worth of food and drink. Uh, great offer uh, for, for fans on, on Friday, Paul. Yeah, that, we've, I think we spoke about that last few weeks, haven't we, that, that deal? And it is. It's, uh, you're saving a few bob there if you break it all down, aren't you? So uh, I hope some people take advantage of that on Friday because Huddersfield aren't known as the sort of bringing a great support, are they? You know, we've just lost two games, so perhaps the crowd might be be struggling a bit on Friday so I hope some people take uh, take advantage of that because I think it's going to be a good game on Friday as well I think it's going to be exciting so let's hope we get a few people down yeah and then uh, there'll be players in the fans bar uh, with Andy with wheels of steel uh, steel uh, playing the tunes and it's kind of a good you know it becomes a good family day uh, you know when the you know the players come in there Dan and you know it's the kind of thing we said before about the community and, and bringing the fans close to the to the club yeah it's good for the, you know you see a lot of the the, the young you know young supporters of the the club that you know get to see their stars in the flesh get to you know have a picture with them get to shake their hand and you know it, it's good it, it brings that family atmosphere to the games doesn't it and you know that's what a club like Salford we're all about yeah that's great stuff so what we'll do uh, now we'll talk about the defeat against Leeds on Friday. 
You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So Friday night, Salford travelled to Leeds Rhinos, went down eight points to nil in a dreary, frustrating night, Paul. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a really dreary night. It was, you know, the weather seemed to get worse as, as the game went on, you know, the rain and that, and it made handling very difficult for, for both sides, really. I thought we, we sort of handled the ball, ball better than they did. I mean, I'd never, ever seen a lead side make as many mistakes as that, but, you know, the, the weather was a, played a big factor in that, to be honest. Uh, but it was it was a game that was there for the taking. It was a very frustrating game, and um, like we were saying last week, it's the first sort of time in my lifetime, anywhere where I've gone to Leeds, and we've been above them in the table, and you know maybe not been favourites. I mean, I don't think we was favourites through the bookies, but we weren't far off. You know, sort of even Stevens with them on on Friday night, and it was a disappointing night because we, you know, we've played worse than that this season, and and sorry, played better than that this season and got beat, and. Um, you know, sorry, and won, and won. That's what I'm looking for. And it was, it was disappointing because it was a game that was that we could have won. Because you know, Leeds were Leeds were poor. They dropped a lot of ball. They made mistakes, but they dropped the ball on top of the first, second tackle coming away from their line and gifted us possession. You know, three, three or four dropouts we had on their line, and we just could not get over the line. And you know, I think what if we could have just got that one try in the first half? You know, it could have been different. You know, Jake Bibby had a good chance going through. And from a lovely kick from Dobson, brilliant kick from Dobson, and um, he just couldn't get over the line. And the second half, we were sort of urging them on, and he just got more and more frustrated. And they got that penalty goal, and we, we sort of knew then it wasn't going to be our night. Yeah, looking at the team, it's all that with O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Junior South, Josh Jones, Jake Bibby, Michael Dobson, Rob Lewis, Mark Flanagan, Ben Murnett Masala, Weller Racky, Craig Copjack, Logan Tompkins, and George Griffin on the bench with Salford was. Vido, Adam Warren, Phil Joseph and Ryan Lannan. Uh, Vido on the bench, uh, preferred mate, uh, Jake Bibby preferred as a wing spot instead. What do you make of that? Yeah, I thought he'd been dropped, Vido, and um, without sounding too harsh on, on Daniel Vido, I think it might have been the right decision because I don't really think he's looked sharp at all this season in the games he's played. And he, I know he scored a couple of tries, he got the tries at the, the Magic weekend, but he's not looked he still looks like off the pace to me as if he's not quite fully fit. So, you know, that that's up to, to uh, Watson and, and Sheens on that one and they made that decision and I was sort of went with that really. I thought, you know, Jake's done well the last few weeks. He, he struggled a bit on Friday night. He, he missed the, the opportunity, you know, when that kick went through, but he should have scored really, but he's a young kid and I think to, to sort of be too harsh on him is out of order. I think he's, he's done well in the games he's coming and you know it wasn't easy for him on Friday night he was in another cauldron atmosphere again as we mentioned the other week he played at Magic Weekend which was an high pressure game he played last week against Wigan at home which was a, was a high pressure game and then to go to Leeds in front of sort of 14,500 people it's big for, for a lad who's just come out of the academy so you know Jake's done well this season and um, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll learn from that and, um, and he'll, he'll put that right in the future Yeah obviously looking back at Friday um, obviously Disappointment that that we didn't uh, get a result it was obviously the big big opportunity for us to to beat uh, Leeds uh, away uh, for the first time since 2009. Can, can you kind of put on your finger what went wrong? Was it with the weather or was it you know the nerves setting in or were we just beaten by the the Leeds Rhino shirt rather than the players themselves? I think you, it's easy. I think for me to say it was the weather. I think I think if I did that, I'd be being dishonest with you, Rob. Um, I think it's a bit. There's a few factors that go into it. I thought certain players were poor. You know, we had a, we had a lot of big name name players on there. You know, we've not got that many injuries. Certain players I thought didn't let us down. I thought a bit on uh, on Friday night, and yeah, perhaps it was was the shirt. You know, going there and it's Leeds, and it, I think a lot of it's, it's belief. Sometimes it was the same at St. Helens when we went there a bit earlier in the season. We don't sort of seem to be able to go to these grounds and get results. Wigan was another one. We should have won at Wigan. We should have won there last season. And, you know, it's sort of 20 years since we won at Wigan, 36 since we won at Saints. And, you know, we've had one win at Leeds since 1977. So it is a bit ridiculous when we go to these grounds sometimes. And, you know, it's something we need to work on and something we need to look at. I think perhaps sometimes we give these teams a bit too much respect. And um, But having said that, there's an argument to say that Leeds, you know, they're not a bad side, are they? You look at the, the side they had out on Friday, you know, Callum Watkins, Joel Moon, Danny Maguire, Rob Burrow, Keith Galloway, Mitch Garber, Brett Ferris, Adam Cuthbertson. 
Jones Buchanan. They, they've all quality players, aren't they? You know, some of them are coming towards the end of their career, Maguire and Burrow and Buchanan. But uh, they've still got some big names out there, some international players out there. And when you look at our, our side, we've got a few young lads in there, Adam Wall and Ryan Lannan. Um, young Jake Bibby as well people are not quite as experienced so there's that side of the argument as well I just thought we were disappointed the way Leeds had been playing and I didn't think Leeds played particularly well on Friday night I thought they were quite poor made a lot of mistakes and we didn't capitalise on that and you know we've done well this season we've scored a lot of points and um, for us not to score any was a bit of a poor return Yeah well like you say you had, we had a few opportunities didn't we you know throughout the game kept getting over the line but not being able to ground it Paul you know, I suppose it's kind of frustrating and, you know, that obviously you get these opportunities, but you don't yeah. take them in other games, closer games, uh, and we're not able to convert, you know, then as well. You know, it could mm. be kind of a habit farming thing. Yeah, it, it was like torture, especially in the second half. We were getting so close to the line and to be, keep being denied, then we'd knock the ball on or make a mistake. And it was awful. If we could have just, I think if we could have just got that one try... You know, the Jake Bibby one could have changed the game. You know, if we'd have scored that one, it could have been a completely different game because Leeds very, very rarely threatened us, really. And they remember Rob Burrow breaking through in the first half and, you know, he, did, he made a really good break and threw a pass out to his left. I think he ended up going in touch. And that was only sort of the only clear-cut break I can remember in the first half. And there wasn't much in the second half. It was sort of tit-for-tat second half, really. And Leeds came up with two, two penalty goals. So uh, I just thought it was a real, real opportunity missed because... I remember saying to Bedard on Friday night, you know, this time next season when we come to Leeds, they might be riding high in the table and might wipe the floor with us like they always do. So that could happen for the next few years. Now, we might not get an opportunity like this again against Leeds. So um, I thought it was an opportunity miss, really. Especially with Widness winning as well. Um, sort of making that top eight, you know, a bit tough for us now to, to make it. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, George Griffin made 46 tackles, Logan Tompkins made 35 Adam Warren with 29, Ryan Lannan with 23, uh, Michael Dobson with 25. You know, they, they put the, the effort in, the, you know, in a tough condition, Paul, uh, and the tackles are there to be seen. They did, they did. I was chatting to a couple of supporters at the end. Um, I think I was the last person in the stadium, actually, on Friday night. I stood there sulking after the game. But I was talking to a couple of speckies on, on Friday night, and they, they were saying to me about, about the effort and, you know, and and they were right what they were saying to me. You couldn't really question the effort. The, the effort was there. The, I thought they did put everything in. But but like I said to someone Friday, sometimes you, you need a bit more than that effort. You need that, that bit extra and to get you over the line, especially against Leeds. I suppose that shows what, what a decent side Leeds are. And I've been surprised as anybody this season to see the way that they've been beaten in certain games. So, uh, but yeah, sometimes you just need that bit more. But, but no, Logan Tompkins, I thought, was he was my man of the match. I thought he, he'd run his socks off on... Uh, on Friday, he tackled his heart out as well, and he's he's done really well the last few weeks for us. He had a good game against Wigan as well. Craig Copjack as well, you know, led us led us up the pitch and made the yard. So there was a there was a big effort there from the players. Yeah, meter makers. Uh, Josh Jones made 139 meters. Justin Carney made 110. Uh, Copjack 128. Uh, Vido made 90. Uh, you know, they're, they're making big yards, and like I say, in tough conditions like on Friday, that's what you need. You need go forward and. Good that we had you know a few players over the under mark again. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the things that I noticed on on Friday night was we tried to play an expansive game, you know, dry weather football in wet conditions, and we're really good at that. We're really good at that. Gareth O'Brien linking in and you know um, you know putting the moves on and that sort of fancy stuff, but it wasn't a night for that, you know, with the weather. I think we just needed to stuff it out a bit more and, and sort of play that sort of game, which we did in the first half. Michael Dobson kicked really well. He turned lead round. Some cracking kicks from Dobson in the first half. In the second half, we, we, we come away from that, really, and we got a bit too... We were trying to score every time we had the ball, panicking a bit, really, and you know as the, as the clock ran down. I think I say it every week. We go back to that same word that Ian uses, Ian Watson, about game management. And, you know, it's easy to say it, but sometimes you, you've got to look at that and... Um, I think that was a key factor in the game, you know, trying to play that. You've got, sometimes when the weather's bad like that, you've got to play play that sort of game and hunt the mistake, and, which we did, and Leeds coughed it up and we couldn't score. So, million-dollar question, really, Rob. I don't know how we didn't go over the line. Yeah, I think it's one of them games where, you know, the, the longer yeah. you don't score, the more frustrated and the more desperate you get. Uh, yeah. it's like, it becomes a psychological thing where, you know, you, you end up throwing out passes you wouldn't really throw out or, or try and do something, you know, off the cuff that, was was never on in the first place, and it it seems like that's what happened on on Friday, Paul. 
Yeah, it was. It was. And like I said, I've never seen two teams really spill as much ball as he did. And it, every time there was sort of three men in a tackle, the ball had popped loose. That's how it was all night, really. You know, the weather was, was, was really bad. So, yeah, it was probably was a big factor in it. But I was just really disappointed because it was just that really good opportunity to go and win there. And, um, you know, like we say, that might not come along again. But, no, we've got to put it right this week now against uh, Huddersfield and... You know, me being the weatherman that I am now, I think the forecast looks a bit better for Friday night, so hopefully we're back to, to winning ways. Yeah, I was saying, you said you were disappointed. We've all watched the uh, the big match uh, review, video review, Paul, on, on the uh, the Facebook and the Twitter, and you look into your eyes at the end at the full-time hooter, and, and, and you, you look with despair. I think that's the word that, that I, I'd use there. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I remember saying to my dad on the way home, like last season when we walked out of the ground, sort of walked around the cricket pitch and we'd lost by 70 points. And I've seen some close games at Leeds over the last 20 odd years and I've seen some, some hammerings. And last season, it was hard to, to take walking out, people laughing at you and calling Salford. And it hurts. And But it hurt this week as well. I thought it hurt a bit more because they expected better than that, really. And, you know, it was, it was hard to take. And. When I got home on Friday night, if I'd have had a dog or a cat, I'd have kicked it around the house. <laughs> but but, uh, but no, that that's what it's all about, and that's what being a Salford fan's all about. And you know, you live to fight another day, don't you? And once Monday, Tuesday came, I was over it then, and we go on to this Friday. Yeah, looking at the three-word match reports our listeners have put in, uh, Chairman Bob, uh, he's says he's scoring and brothels. His man of the match was Carney. Uh, Hitman Handle at size says middle eight Defo. His man of the match was Joseph. Uh, Martin, what game plan? Uh, Carney, uh, Paul Hume, poor decision making. His man of the match was Jones. Uh, Chris and Janet Shelton, no team spirit. Spirit. Uh, their man of the match was uh, Cop Jack and Jones. I, I seem like were the boys look like they were together on on, on Friday. Uh, yeah, I would have said so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really want to. Like, I never really like saying there's there's not an effort there because. You know, every time the, the lads go on a pitch, I think I don't think you can question the players' effort really and, and spirit. I think there's a, there's a good spirit in the, the club. I don't know about this points deduction. I don't know whether that's had a bit of an effect on us. I think it has. I mean, we've not really mentioned that on the podcast, have we? I think that's had a bit of an effect on the players because, you know, we were doing all right in the league and they they must get downhearted when they see the league tables and the newspapers and things like that now and, and see they're down near the bottom. And it's really it's not, not their fault. And I think that does have a bit, a bit of an effect on them. Yeah, and Pete Grimshaw, he put three-year plan and his man of the match was Tompkins. I suppose it is all about, you know, building for the future, Paul, and we've got to put this, uh, you know, result behind us, really. If we're still having this same conversation this time next year, I'll be, be disappointed. We've, it is all about a three-year plan and, and making progress, but, you know, it has been disappointing, you know, where we are at the moment, you know, compared to last season. We're not, like, so much better, but... Yeah, we've got to keep progressing and that's why these, these last couple of games are really important now, I think, you know, as we were saying before, these two home games and after that we've got some tough games away at Warrington and Widnes, so there's still points to be won this season and progress to be made. Yeah, Trevor Andrew Walker agrees with you, he says, we need to finish ninth now to get four home games in the middle eights, uh, it will be tougher than last year, I think he's, he's got a point there with the, with the teams that are down there at the bottom. We need to finish eighth. <laughs> Don't we're not ninth, but yeah, I know I know where he's coming from. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to finish eighth now. I mean, I know we keep talking about this deduction and whether we get them points back, but you know, say the worst case scenario we don't, it is going to be hard. And if you finish ninth, you do get the the four home games. But I don't know about that that mid lakes. I think it, it's nice to have the four home games in it and the three away games. But I think it's going to be be tough this season. I think it's going to be a bit of a lottery. I think. It's going to be hard against Leeds. Say it was finished now with Leeds, Huddersfield and Hulkington Rovers. There's three three tough games there and I won't fancy going to Headingley mm. and I won't fancy going to Hull KR. And then you've got the, the sides in, in the, the Championship. I think it's going to be really tough. But it's one where the players are going to have to stick together, I think, like they did last season and, uh, and get ourselves out of it. But just, let's just hope we can keep winning and get in the top eight. Yeah, so what we'll do, Paul, we'll just put this bad result on Friday behind us. We'll put it in a box, we'll throw it in the fire, we'll burn it and not, not, not talk about it again, eh? No, not for a while anyway. Hopefully my, my video on, on this Friday coming will be a bit more cheerful. Yeah, happy, <laughs> happy eyes rather than sad ones. I hope so, yeah. Cool, so what we'll do now, we'll talk about uh, the results and fixtures for our amateur sides uh, this week.
Well, this week's amateur roundup starts with uh, Salford Red Devils under-19s who played Huddersfield Giants on Saturday. But the game was abandoned after uh, after a life-threatening head injury to Roland Costello, the young Huddersfield Giants player. Well, the under-19s were in action again this uh, this Thursday, Thursday the 16th of June. They play Leeds Rhinos at home with a 7 o'clock kick-off. Well, there's a couple of games in the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield played York Acorn on Saturday and they won by 22 points to 10. Salford City Roosters beat Ascombe by 7 points to 4. It was a massive win for the Roosters in a real tough battle with seven first-team regulars on a stag do. The 18 players really stepped up to the mark on Saturday for uh, for the Roosters in a really hard-fought 7-4 win. The try coming from Lee Salisbury. Andrew Muscat with a goal and John Brooks with a field goal. And another result in Division 2 was Saddleworth Rangers 42, Stanley 22. So that was a real positive result that for uh, for Salford City Roos. You know, Askham doing quite well this season. That was only their second defeat of the year. They're currently fourth in the table, so a really big win that's lifted lifted the Salford City Roosters. Just shot a mid-table now, so a really good win there. And Saddleworth Rangers as well, they climbed up to uh, to fifth place in the table in Division 2. So this week's fixtures, it's the National Conference Challenge Trophy Round 2 on Saturday the 18th of June and there's just one fixture involving our local side and it's a bit of a big derby as well, it's between Rochdale Mayfield and Saddleworth Rangers. There was also some results in the Associations Cup. This involves the, the England Universities, the Great Britain Armed Forces, the Great Britain Police and the Great Britain Teachers. Uh, the England Universities won all three games. Um, each It's like a group with four teams in, so they all play each other once. So you play three matches and the students regain the Associations Cup with a hard-earned victory and a winner-takes-all clash for the coveted trophy. They beat the Armed Forces by 36 points to 26. And the other result of the weekend, the Great Britain Police beat the Great Britain Teachers by 36 points to 6. Right now we take our attention to the North West Men's League. There's quite a few games postponed uh, this following current weekend with the with the rain and the, the bad weather. I mean, the, the game at the Leeds Rhinos and Salford Red Devils on Friday night was... Uh, was quite a downpour, so obviously on the on the Saturday, the day after, uh, quite a few of the games were, were postponed. But we start on Friday night, Friday the 10th of June, Rochdale Mayfield A against Manchester Rangers was postponed. Uh, on the Saturday, in Division 1 of the North West Men's League, Folly Lane against Oral St James was postponed. In Division 2, Oldham St Anne's A against Lee Miners A was postponed. In Division 3, Ryland Sharks 40, Fitton Hill 14. In Division 4, Bolton Met 6, Garswood Stags 50, Berry Broncos A10, Little Houghton Reds 20, Coolchef Eagles 8, West Houghton Lions 16, Eccleston Lions 18, Manchester Rangers A6, Rochdale Cobras 28, Caddies Ed Rhinos 10. In Division 5, Caddies Ed Rhinos A0, Runcorn 24, Clockface Miners A56, Langworthy Reds 0. And Liverpool Lions 24, Salford City Roosters A0. In the Merritt League, Mancunians against Blackpool Stanley was postponed, and Northwest Tigers against Littleborough was also postponed. There was a match in the entry division and a good win for Berry Broncos B team. They beat Littleborough by 30 points. Sorry, they drew with Littleborough 30 points apiece. I thought it said 38 30 there. My eyes are going a bit. So a good draw for the Berry Broncos B team. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 18th of June. We start in the National North West Men's League Division 2 and the fixtures are as follows. Leyland Warriors against Manchester Rangers. Oldham St Anne's A against Rochdale Mayfield A. Pilkington Rex A against Berry Broncos. In Division 4 it's Bolton Mets against the Cadizhead Rhinos. And Division 5, Salford City Roosters A play Langworthy Reds. Bit of a derby match there. And there's a couple of fixtures in the Merritt League. It's Littleborough against Aspore New Springs and Ince Rose Bridge A against the Mancunians. That's all the amateurs report for this week. I'll see you next week. Cheers, Paul. So what we'll do now, we'll talk about the Uddersfield game on Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, so for take on Huddersfield on Friday at the AJ Bell Stadium. Crucial game for both sides, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, as I spoke earlier on in the podcast, it's about, you know, whichever team can win, you know, is he's got more chance of getting that top eight position. I still think it's within reach uh, for both teams, uh, especially us. You know, I think if we can get um, a win over Huddersfield, but, you know, we, we struggled at home against Huddersfield. You know, I would have preferred it to have been at the John Smith Stadium, to be honest with you, because we've, you know, we've won there, um, you know, recently in the recent seasons, and we've won quite convincingly uh, on a couple of those. So yeah, you know, it's it's a must-win game, into um, regardless of what it is, it's a must-win game, Paul. 
Yeah, I think it definitely is. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but like we were saying off air before, I've seen quite a bit of Huddersfield this season, and they don't look a bad side, do they? You know, they've never really been hammered, but I've seen a bit of highlights of the game on Sunday against Wakefield. I backed them to beat Wakefield this Sunday, just gone, and you know they were beating ten points to two. So really strange score, and there's been a lot of strange scores like that this season. So you know, I'm expecting us to uh, to get back to winning ways on uh, on Friday, but I think it'll be a, it'll be a hard game. Yeah, Huddersfield still full of stars, the likes of Danny Brough, Leroy Kudjo, Dan. You know, you've got some good players in that squad. It's kind of weird where they are, really, down the bottom. They have the air, and, you know, I spoke about in in the battles that I'm, I'm going to be doing later on in the, uh, you know, the uh, the video preview. You know, they've, they've always got, you know, a goal forward when you've got someone like Danny Brough in your side. You know, he, he for them, is, is a vital, you know, cog in their ignition. He, he goes through all the moves, he goes through all the plays. He's their first person to come for, you know, for um, a kick, uh, you know, conversion kick. He's, you know, he's there as well. So, you know, everything sort of runs through him. A bit like when, you know, Rangie Chase was at Castleford and when he first came to us, everything runs through him, you know, and, and they do rely a lot, a lot on Danny Brough, but, you know, he's, he's got the, the skill to, to, you know, to lead a team around the park and to, you know, make crucial times in a game where he can, he can turn a game on its head. Yeah, I think Huddersfield's, you know, spine of the team, Brayley, Brough, Jamie Ellis... Paul, you know, we're going to have to keep a watchful eye on them on Friday. Yeah, certainly. They've got a bit of um, they've got a bit of power out wide. They've got Jermaine McGoovery and Leroy Kudjo on one side and Joe Wardle and Aaron Murphy on the other side. And that Joe Wardle's a big lad, so uh, they have got, you know, some, some power out wide. And that's why I was so surprised that they didn't score a try against Wakefield, you know, with, with Bruff and Jamie Ellis back, you know, the first two, uh, first choice halfbacks back as well. That's why I couldn't believe how they were kept trialless against Wakefield. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they've got some dangerous players and, and I'm as surprised as anybody where they are on the table. I thought Ryan Briley was a good signing for him. He's been playing at full-back for him. So they've got some pace and they've got some players we're going to have to watch out for. And, you know, our pitch is it's a good pitch at Salford. It's, you know, it's one to play fast rugby on. And if we get a bit of decent weather on, on Friday night, I'm sure Huddersfield are going to move the ball about. Yeah, they do move the ball about, Paul. But, Dan, they've also got some big forwards. That, you know, the forwards have to be up up the game to, to handle the, the pace and the power of them? They have, yeah. And, and for me, you know, I, I think they've really missed Craig Kopchak. You know, and I know a lot of people said at Huddersfield for him, he didn't really do a lot. But for me, he's been our outstanding prop forward this season. And, to, and you know, I know that's a lot of the Salford fans that are saying it. He's he's really sort of stepped up in, in his defence and his goal forward. And, you know, I think if he can do that on Friday against, you know, he's going to be up against the likes of, you know, Earl Crabtree, who... He's a giant of a man within himself, you know. He brings a whole new meaning to the Giants in Huddersfield Giants, doesn't it? So yeah, you know, it's it's going to be. I think it'll be up front where the battle will be won and lost, you know. And, and I'll reiterate what Paul said before, you know, Jermaine McGilvery, you know, Huddersfield are in the, you know, the bottom four, well, the bottom two of the of the league, and he scored fourteen tries this season, boys. You know, he he knows the way to the line, and I think if they can get the ball to him. You know, he'll he'll cause us some trouble, and you know I'm just hoping that um, Justin Carney's facing him because I think that'll be, you know, an important battle between them two. But yeah, you know they, they've got strike power all over, haven't they? You know Danny Brough can lead them round. They've got Kudjo, they've got McGillivray. You know they've got uh, you know Akumatai, who's a massive, massive unit of a man and and can set the ball forward and make some good ground. Yeah, looking at the Salford 19, uh, we've got Bibby Carney, Dobson, Flanagan. Uh, George Whiffin, Wellaraki, Jones, Joseph, Cop, Jack, Krinicki, Lannan, Murdoch, Masala, uh, O'Brien, Sal, Tompkins, uh, Vido, uh, and Warren, and Williams, uh, Paul. You know, we've got quite a strong line up there, uh, and I'm sure the boys will be up for a, you know, giving others feel a bit of the pacing on Friday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope it is a pacing, but I'm just a bit wary. I think um, it might be a bit closer than. Uh... You know what we think, really. I think it's going to be a tough game because it was a tough game at their place, wasn't it, when we played them away from home? It was a really, really tight struggle. So, uh, yeah, it just I'm just looking. I've just got their team in front of me from the weekend against Wakefield, and it sort of baffles me, really. It's a good side on paper that, and you know, to lose ten two at home to Wakefield is disappointing. I think that's just been the story of their season, hasn't it? Really, just not got going in matches, and uh, you know they've come up short a few times. So, I'm expecting us to, to beat them on Friday, you know. Yeah, looking at our side, though, we've got the top, you know, the big guns out. We've got Carney there. Uh, we've got Wellaraki. We've got Jones, who's been playing outstanding the uh, last few weeks, Dan. Uh, I think there's nothing to fear uh, going in, in a game against the Huddersfield Giants as they are now. No, and that's what the players need to believe in themselves, you know. 
I know Friday's performance at Leeds, it, it was, you know, a lackluster performance. We didn't we didn't look interested for the full eighty minutes, you know. We we had chances and we, we could have as Paul said before, we could have quite easily have won that game by a comfortable margin. And I think it's just about the players stepping up on Friday and thinking, Do you know what? And and Ian Ian Watson mentioned it, the players need to realise how good they can actually be. And, you know, when we've put on performances this season and we've come away from comfortable results, we look like a fantastic team, don't we? And I think the players just need to, to realise that and, you know, step up and take a bit of responsibility and go, look, boys, you know, let, let's put on a bit of a show. You know, I'm not too bothered about, the, you know, how many points we score on Friday, as long as we get the two points, that's all that matters. I think belief becomes a big thing, Paul. You know, obviously after Friday's defeat and, you know, the way it played out, um, we're kind of hoping that the boys can pick themselves up and, and go again and right a few wrongs. Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing for me is we need an 80-minute performance. We've not, from where I, I can see, we've only sort of had two proper 80-minute performances this season for me. The one was at Castleford away in the league and the St. Helens home game. The rest of the games, you know, we've been sort of patchy. We was patchy against Warrington, weren't we, in that home game where we should have won. And, you know, we've had the odd 20 minutes here. I mean, Wigan game, we clocked off a couple of times, didn't we, and, and let Wigan back in. Um, Leeds last week, you know, we never really got going. So I think we just need to play well from, from minute one to eight. And I think when we do that, I think we're, we're a match for anybody in that league. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Both sides, you know, looking for a win. Um, hopefully, you know, Salford can, you know, snap out of this little dip in form that we're having uh, Dan and, and come away with the points. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And, you know, as I said, I hope the buyers can step up and, and you know, put a, a complete performance in and totally agree with what Paul said about the performance. You know, we need attractive rugby, as we've mentioned throughout this podcast. We need attractive rugby at the club. We were having that at the start of the season. We need to get back to that now to, to, to roll on and try and get us back in the top eight. But, yeah, you know, I think uh, Robert Lewis, you know, will need a big game. Um, a lot of people said he was a bit quiet on Friday. Um, you know, and he had a bit of a you know an issue at the Wigan game when when Dobbo went off and everything sort of had to run through him. So you know, if if he can step up to the plate, if you know if if Dobbo can step up to the plate and have a good game, then you know I think it's everything's there to say we've got the better players on paper. Let's do the better job on the field. Yeah, uh, give us your score prediction, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to go with Salford 24, Huddersfield 10. Uh, I think it would be a tight game. Like Dan was saying before, though, looking at the league table, it's, a, it's one we've got to win. Huddersfield beat us. They're going to be level on points with 10 points. So I think it'll be an edgy game, but I think we'll edge it 24-10. 24-10. Dan, what do you think? I'm going to go even closer, gents. I'm going to go 25-24. 25-24? I'm going to drop the goal. I'm going to go Robert Lewis, Lewis. 78 minutes. He's going to drop goal from about 30 metres out. It's going to hit the post. It's going to hit the crossbar. It's going to hit the post and it'll just tickle over. Why 78 minutes? Why don't it go on when the hooter goes like that? Sandow did to us. That makes it even oh, more dramatic. Because, because we're, not, <laughs> we're not like that, are we? <laughs> no. Do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me, boys, if that actually happens and then on 80 minutes, Huddersfield get a penalty 10 metres out. We probably did it for 78 minutes because what happens is they kick short, they get the ball back and then it's yeah. a bit of a heart attack moment where we've got yeah. a double defence. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we sort of look at each other and go, oh, no. Yeah. But you know that that'd be that'd be you know pretty amazing. It'd be heart attack stuff definitely. Uh, obviously that's what we watch Rugby League for. We want the you know the roller coaster ride of, of you know emotion which 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 will come if that kind of thing happens. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for more of a relaxed Salford victory. I'm gonna go Woodersfield ten, uh, Salford thirty. I think we're gonna come out the blocks fast again. I thought he was gonna say sixty then. Do you know <laughs> what? I thought, I thought he was gonna say something like yeah, comfortable win. 68-4 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking we're going to come out the blocks quick, uh, like we normally do, and blow Huddersfield away early on, um, and Huddersfield will capitulate because, you know, the heads have gone because they're down near the bottom. And we're, you know, we're home, the crowd will be up, uh, and we'll end up uh, winning comfortably in the end. I wouldn't like to see that Paul Anderson's face in the press conference as they just capitulate. <laughs> have you never seen a bulldog chewing a wasp? <laughs> yeah, he has like a meltdown in the in the, uh, in the press conference. Oh, Probably... well, no matter what, you know, regarding the result, Paul Anderson will have something to say. He always has against us, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So thanks for joining us on this week's uh, Devil in the Detail. Thanks for coming on again, Dan. Not a problem. Good to be back. 
great to be back, boys. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of off, off the uh, off the air things for Devil in the Detail, and you know we're doing all the the new updated things coming. So yeah, watch this space for more fantastic things from Devil in the Detail. Yeah, don't forget to tune into Dan's video uh, match previews and, he, and his written match previews uh, every every game. Uh, you're doing a great job there, Dan. Yeah, keep it up, keep going. You know, as long as the fans want to uh, read them and listen to them, I'll keep doing them. Another great podcast, Paul. Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to uh, to Friday night game after the disappointment last week. It'll just uh, just be good to get back on uh, the winning way. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.